0: Welcome to Straight from the CPA's Mel, your connection to the Heshy CPA Knowledge Center, Alberta CPAs, and business professionals. This podcast, presented by the CPA Education Foundation, features Alberta chartered professional accountants and others sharing their expertise and insights on a wide range of topics. Tune in regularly for eye-opening looks on leadership, business, education, and many issues of the day, straight from the CPA's Mouth. Before we begin, in honor of the 94 calls to action put forth by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, we'd like to acknowledge that CPA Education Foundation offices are situated on the traditional Treaty 6 and Treaty 7 territories. The foundation acknowledges that we reside on traditional and ancestral territories of many Indigenous, First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples. Their histories and culture influence our community to this day. The CPA Education Foundation is committed to helping build a province where indigenous peoples and their voices and experiences are heard, valued, respected, and celebrated. Welcome back to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. My name is Nikkei Fabier with the CPA Education Foundation and I'll be your host for this episode. We're all familiar with traditional investments in tangible or physical items such as real estate, gold, Or collectibles like art. However, in the past 25 years, investments in intangible assets have increased dramatically. In fact, recent research from McKinsey Global Institute found that by 2019, intangible assets accounted for 40% of all investments in the United States and 10 European economies, up 29% from 1995. Intangible investments continued to surge in 2020 as digitalization accelerated in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. When it comes to intangible assets, we are left wondering what are they really worth. Today, we have Mason Darabi, CPA, co-founder and chief commercialization officer at OvenU, here with us to tell us more about intangible assets, blockchain technology and to share his thoughts about the way technology will influence the role of CPAs. It's time to hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Mason, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Nikki. Uh, it's, uh It's a pleasure being here.
0: Yeah, we're very excited to talk to you. You have a lot of really good knowledge to share, so I think we can just go ahead uh, and dive right in. When we first spoke, you had described yourself as the Trojan of the CPA profession. <laughs> Uh, so, can you tell us a little bit more about why you've chosen that title?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, I, I lived the whole life uh, out of out of accounting, uh, primarily as an engineer and uh, and in the venture capital world. So, uh, I came across this uh, whole notion of intangible assets and 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 their valuation uh, before uh, switching my gears towards becoming a CPA. So, uh, I, I I realized that. Uh, by, by entering in the profession, uh, I may not be that that typical CPA as as you as you would ima- imagine. So, uh, and I was always on a mission to uh, build build a solution to to find the problem that that we are. I'm sure that we are going to extensively discuss today. Uh, and uh, I called myself a Trojan horse of the the CPA world.
0: All right, so you're here to kind of revolutionize the way we think about things. Is that absolutely,
1: correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: That's great. So those for those of our listeners who may not know, and I'm still sure there are a large piece or portion of the population that is unfamiliar, what are intangible assets?
1: Absolutely. So intangible assets are basically all kind of assets that that can generate value for individuals, for businesses that doesn't have a physical substance. You cannot touch it. You cannot see it. And uh and there's no way that you can put a fence around that asset. Uh, and apparently, uh, over the past three decades, as as we are growing super fast in the in the knowledge economy and in the and the science-driven economy, uh, these kind of assets are becoming every day more important than, than before. And as as you rightfully said at at, at your opening, like um, COVID-19 definitely accelerated the growth of intangibles. Like we remember that when pretty much every tangible asset was stranded, but intangible asset was growing. Like uh, all of a sudden we wake up one morning and then we we, we we were told that we don't need to go to the office. And, and then we were all like in Zoom calls and, and all kind of other like video conferencing platform. And those are all forms of intangible assets. So Zoom was was providing value to all businesses as opposed to the physical office that we were used to go. So in, in, in general, intangible assets are... Um, Kind of broken down in few categories so you have artistic in, uh, intangible assets such as like music lyrics uh, uh, video pictures uh, you have uh, technology-based intangible assets like patents uh, software code chemical formulas and uh, you have contract contractual intangible assets uh, such as construction permits and then you have uh, all other type of intangible assets that uh, that really uh, drive the value of uh, for for companies.
0: Okay, you mentioned and you talked a little bit about this whole idea of like different classes of intangible assets. But what do you feel is the importance of I guess having certain asset classes?
1: Absolutely. Let me tell you a story on how I came across the importance of this 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 asset class. Back in 2009, uh, I was in the world of venture capitals dealing with startup companies. And as as you would know, lots of startup companies, they get built on top of intangible assets. Uh, They don't have buildings. They don't have uh, manufacturing equipment. All they have is really intangibles. They have software codes. They have patents. They have uh, knowledge, know-how, and all kind of great stuff that that they're not touchable. And uh, I was reading this article about this amazing Canadian company called Nortel. Uh, the company went bankrupt in two thousand nine. I was just reading the, the the article in the aftermath of that uh, that uh, that event, and it was talking about uh, the company that was holding three point two billion dollars worth of assets, out of which uh, thirty one million dollars uh, was uh, allocated by my peers CPAs or CAs at this, at the, at the time to the value of six thousand patents that the company hold. So, in the aftermath of that uh, that event, uh, they sold all these assets for $4.5 billion, uh, which means that uh, the financial statements of the company at the date of bankruptcy was undervalued by almost $4 billion, and this is a huge number. So the company had literally $8 billion of asset, but, but CPAs, they counted only 3.5 of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that kind of became an aha moment for me and then my light bulb went off and said, so, okay, how did this happen? And uh that 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 kind of was the inception of my my journey to this whole like uh world of intangibles, how they get valued. And I realized that this is a this is a accounting problem. And as someone as I as I mentioned, in the world of IT, like building like data centers and, and implementing ERP and whatnot. I knew that if you want to disrupt an industry, you need to have you need to be an insider. You cannot just be an outsider, not knowing what's what's going on, how accountants are thinking, and and that's that's why I kind of decided to make that kind of drastic change in my in my professional kind of trajectory and from engineering and become become a CPA. So. Accountants are amazing. Like we are the financial engineers of the world. Like we are in to, to, to a large extent, uh, we are the guardians of the financial world. Like people, they make every single day decisions based on the information that accountants, CPAs, uh, in in uh, in public practice or within the industry, they provide to, to the markets. Uh, so they can make decisions whether they have to shrink their their investment, they have to expand, what what they need to do and whatnot. So. And, and apparently over the industrial age, we have learned very well uh, with the with the help of other professions how to count tangibles. But it doesn't seem that we have an intangibles like real estates, um, machineries, equipment and whatnot. So accountants, they don't have any problem counting those. But it seems that we have a bit of a hard time uh, really... Understanding the value of intangibles, and and to a large extent, like as I mentioned, uh, in in the the case of Nortel's bankruptcy, it doesn't seem that we did a good job on really counting the the value of the intangibles that, that the company held at the time.
0: Right. So you're kind of saying, you know, in terms of the way we evaluate intangibles, that there's definitely room for growth. Is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely, uh, or, or in other sense, I think the, uh, intangible is, uh, in my mind, is a, is is part of a, a bit of a bigger problem of what we are dealing in, in the accounting profession. So, as I said, like accountants are producing the end products of our work is getting used by the users of the, the the financial statements to make very important decisions about the fate of the companies. Over the past three decades, especially, uh, it seems the value of the financial statements or the, that the products that uh, we proudly produce in the, in the accounting world is, is diminishing significantly. Uh, they have like financial statements in general are backward looking information. When most people, when they want to make decisions, they want to know about the future. Mm-hmm. That yesterday is gone. You, I want to tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. And it doesn't seem that we are able to provide that kind of information to investors. Uh, As I said, lots of information that every day, like if if you want to invest in the stock of, let's say like Tesla, you don't want to wait until the next quarter when the financial statements are coming out to make decision whether you have to enter to the market and invest in Tesla's stock today or not. You need information today. So in 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 a world of... Connectivity and everything is 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 uh, kind of connected. It seems that uh, our end product is a bit like disconnected from uh, from from the reality, and uh, and this gap is just becoming wide and wide every day. And and uh, I think we are we are at the we are at the point that we need to kind of sit back, go back to the sketching board, and say, uh, what what do we need to do to make sure that our profession, uh, what we have been. Building for hundreds of years is is going to be relevant for the future, and uh, again, like we, will, I'm sure that we'll go through this uh, in, in more detail. But financial statements, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say that they're they're becoming uh, obsolete and, and useless every day. So mm-hmm. we need to think about uh, coming up with a, with a better product, and and uh, that's that's why I'm, I'm passionately uh, with my colleagues at at OVNI, We are kind of trying to. Uh, to kind of crack the code on, uh, on, on, on helping companies and, and s- especially small medium enterprises to be able to uh, use better tools to uh, kind of showcase the, the real value of their company as opposed to just waiting for the year end and, and uh, a CPA firm preparing some sort of like backward looking like uh, financial statements.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm definitely very curious to pick your brain um, about some of the solutions you think um, a little bit later on, but I do want to quickly touch on that example that you did provide um, regarding Nor It Was and how um, in that particular scenario, you know, Um, the assets were uh, significantly undervalued. So what do you believe, and I always kind of come back to this idea and I mentioned in the intro in terms of what intangibles are really worth. So what do you think are some of the challenges in working with or evaluating intangible assets currently?
1: Absolutely. So I I think we need to kind of look at two two concepts initially so b- before I can I can really answer your question uh, So valuation in, in general is as a perception. If, if I'm asking hey Nikkei, like how much is the value of your car without looking at any other third party information you may say I think my, my, my car is worth like twenty thousand dollars it can be 15 it can be 25 it can be hundred or it can be five thousand dollars who knows so that's so valuation is your perception about the value of something. The price is is what the market tells you about um, how how much the how much the, the like the public or, or someone who's interested in that asset thinks that your asset is worth. What's happening in Tangible right now, and and that has been a problem. It's not it's not purely accounting problem. That and that's why like accountants need to lean on some other people like the like the startups that that uh, like us that they are working in this space. To provide them tools that they can be able to use it, but the the, the solution always start with really acknowledging that the uh, problem exists. So the problem right now is we don't have an active marketplace where very unique assets like intangible assets will be traded or 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 they can um, be transacted, and then accountants can go in there and say, you know what, this type of patents is getting traded around this uh, within within this range. So. It it has become a chicken and egg problem because of the fact there is no marketplace that the, the, the companies they don't they are not able to really uh, utilize or capitalize on the on the real value of their asset and accountants because that there is no marketplace out there say you know what I don't know how much this is worth so I'm going to assume it's zero and 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 the frameworks that uh, that uh, the 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 accounting uh, or, or the CPA as a whole is is operating based on is is really written during the industrial age when when the machines real estate labor all these things were valuing uh, were, were driving the value of the economy but nowadays you have a piece of software like people that they are investing let's say in facebook mm-hmm. do they really care about where the real state of facebook is do they really care about the, the the number of chairs and desks that the company owns? No, I don't think so. They really care about WhatsApp, Instagram, I don't know, like the metaverse, next metaverse yeah. platform that they, they're going to introduce. So and that's that has been the theme. So looking at the S P five hundred, which is the best indication of how intangible assets is important. In nineteen seventy five, out of seven hundred billion dollar value of the entire SP five hundred companies, only a fraction of that was intangibles. And the companies at the top of the list were like GE, IBM, 3M. And looking at those companies, they all had tons of hard assets. Fast forward in 2018, uh, you look at that, the market, the, the total value of the market is 25 trillion, which means that it has grown significantly from 1975. And out of that, 21 trillion dollars, the value of intangibles. And the companies at the top are, are Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, or Meta. And uh, you don't see GE, GE anymore <laughs> uh, up there. Why? Because these companies are really driven by intangible assets. And you look at the financial statements of these these companies and say, okay, I want to go in and, and check check the financial statements. See see if, if what market says these companies are worth are the same as what CPAs are saying that these companies are worth and i'm sorry to say that there is a huge gap like mm-hmm. that there's a huge spread between the netbook value of the assets that cpas are saying that this company is worth these are the value of these assets and what the markets are saying right. so that's that's why uh, financial statements are becoming useless let's 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 accept it
0: i do really like how uh, mason how you mentioned that a lot of this you know is perception based and and that is a large challenge, I guess, of evaluating intangibles. And I always think back to like my days in university, like economics 101 and learning about this whole idea of like willingness to pay and how that's different for everyone. So kind of reminded me of that. But I guess, why is it important for CPAs uh, to remain up to date on the changes in technology and specifically how it relates to accounting functions?
1: Absolutely. So I think Technology is just enabling everyone to like, do things in a, in a better way, become more effective instead of uh, uh, going through the grind of day and, and not doing like, amazing things, uh, letting machines and, and other tools helping us to, uh, to do those like grinding work so we can add uh, more value on, 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 on different aspects of the business in terms of like, advisory and, and whatnot. So when any technology disruption happen, I think we have two choices. Uh, either we are going to be uh, be the disruptor, or we are going to be the disruptee. So, as a disruptor, you are you are trying to uh, move the needle. You want to. You are trying to be like relevant. Uh, you are trying to uh, help your clients in, in in way better ways. But if you are choosing to be on the disruptee side, uh, the ties of change will come to your shore and it will make you. Uh, obsolete or irrelevant, uh, there are lots of tools that that we were using, I don't know twenty years ago that we don't use them anymore today and this is not so accounting is not an exception so if accounting is not able to produce meaningful information that the users can use them to make important decisions, probably they are not going to use our products anymore and they are going to switch to something else and this is this is what's what's happening uh, if you Look at more mo- most of the investment decisions that gets made every day. People, they use all kinds of other sources of information. Um, let me give you an example. In, in the venture capital world, there are a whole bunch of super expensive uh, systems uh, that they provide some sort of intelligence or insight about. How much this technology is worth? How much this startup is worth? Like, what what are the most recent deals that are happening? So people are using those sources of informa- information as opposed to waiting for for a company to release their financial statement. They get the financial statement. They know that this has this is this is probably produced only for the compliance purposes, like for tax or some other reasons. They throw it out, and they go and talk to the to the corporate managers uh, to really get those information. But let's let's be honest. Uh, for for some rich investors, high net worth individuals, family offices, that they can afford to hire uh, an army of like analysts and and probably pay for these uh, hefty like bills of subscription services of of uh, getting uh, financial intelligence, the general public would probably cannot afford paying these. So right. uh, again, as as the guardian of the financial world. We are trying to make sure that we protect the public. This is this is the core theme of of the whole like CPA universe that that we are trying to be independent, unbiased, provide information so people they can they can make right decisions. And and uh, again, I'm afraid that we may not be providing the general public that kind of quality information that they need to make a decision about. Uh, the 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 livelihood of their 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 investment uh, about uh, the most important things that they have, which is their money. And uh, so so going back to your question, I think I think as as CPAs, we need to embrace new technologies. Technologies are not uh, coming to uh, to be a threat to us or, or 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 get us out of work. The the, the technologies like is is coming to to enable us to to be a better version of ourselves. And I think. Uh, I think uh, blockchain, AI, all other technologies that 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 are kind of emerging are 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 in that category.
0: Great. So I'm really hearing that we as a profession don't need to be, you know, afraid of the technologies, you know, in terms of Job security or things like that. Really, the technologies are just another tool in our tool belt to do our jobs a little, a little bit better. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Uh, and 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 even beyond that, in some sense, like uh, like mo- most people, they think about when, when they think about accountants, they they think that we are we are a bunch of like I don't know like old guys that they're there, in the, at the back of the room, like uh, like uh, drowning papers and crunching numbers. But, but that's that's not the reality. I, I worked in public practice uh, for, for a number of years. And uh, every time that I was interacting with clients, they have tough questions that we need to answer. Uh, should I shrink my business? Uh, what's going to happen in the next few months? Uh, how's, how's my operation doing? So, so accountants are the, the, the most trusted advisors of their clients. <laughs> and they lean on us. So we give them advice. Uh, technology is just going to help us to be way better advisor than than we were before.
0: Absolutely. So I guess speaking of, you know, some tools that we can add to our tool belt, you did mention in one of our previous conversations um, the importance of equipping CPAs with tools to be successful as technology advances. So I guess in your opinion, what does that look like?
1: Uh, so that's the part that I'm, I'm always uh, kind of perplexed by is, Sometimes technology is getting developed or designed and produced by people that they may not have the domain expertise. Like tech people, they build tools and they think in their mind that us CPAs or, or, or maybe other type of professions are, are going to adopt them. I think we have to be at the forefront of really building these tools. And that's, that's why, like as I said, like, I, I wanted to be an insider who is really looking at how our iceberg is melting, where the cracks are, so I can I can start thinking and, and and partnering with people so we can we can build solutions. That's probably one of the major shifts that probably you, you would see in the in the whole uh, accounting industry like in terms of uh, like uh, accounting firms and whatnot. They are kind of moving away from being that traditional commodity financial statement producer and they are now becoming more of a tech company and, and they are they are building products. The, the only challenge is uh, still, because of the compliance and all other like measures in the industry, I don't think that the majority of uh, the, the the CPAs out there have have embraced the concept of let's let's us be the disruptors. Let us be the the people that they are coming with these like innovative technologies and and partner with the with other professions to come up with the with the solutions for for the future and. We are just thinking that, oh, the, the grasses are green out there and it's, it's just going to stay like that. But it's, it's the fact that these technologies are just going to help some of us to be more, more effective and efficient uh, while the rest are just uh, using the old school uh, toolkits, as, as, as you mentioned.
0: Right. So, if I'm understanding correctly, kind of what you're saying is that CPAs should be involved and should be at the forefront of the creation of some of these these new tools in order to continue, I guess, to be more successful. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, in my mind, like as opposed to be a be a consumer of technology, I think uh, we are well. Prone to be the, the the producer of the technology and and uh, there's there's nothing that hinders us CPAs uh, from being being entrepreneurs uh, and and uh, and and building amazing products. So not only us but other people also they can use them.
0: Absolutely, especially like you mentioned, you know CPAs are the trusted business advisors or the trusted advisors um, for financial information. We did talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges and um, intangible assets, things like that. But I would like to talk a little bit about, you know, the path forward. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your startup in Silicon Valley, which is Ovenu, uh, and why you believe it will help overcome some of the challenges that CPAs and the profession are currently facing?
1: Absolutely. So that's exactly uh, what's, again, like the providing a solution. It always starts with going through the journey of really understanding the problem. Uh, as I said, like where the iceberg is melting, what the cracks are, and then hopefully you can come up with a solution. So at Ovenu, uh, we are building an AI-driven blockchain-enabled platform that helps companies and, and trusted advisors like like CPAs to, uh, to help their clients to... Uh, to identify the assets of the companies uh, and then uh, uh, use the tokenization technology and, and, and predictive analytics and AI to, to come up with the valuation of those assets, uh, use all kind of historical datas, uh, data that, that we have them in abundance uh, uh, in our systems sitting there, no one is touching them and uh, provide the tool that uh, that probably if, if it was existing at, a, at the time that Nortel was was going. Uh, bankrupt, uh, maybe maybe if the CPAs were using, maybe if if the CPAs of uh, 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 Nortel were using them, uh, they would have been able to save the company from bankruptcy.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you have a really great project on the go and a, a really good and thriving company. And it looks like you're really looking to solve a lot of the problems that um, we are currently facing or not necessarily problems, but challenges. So, yeah, I think that pretty much answers my question. Mason, thank you so much for being here and for joining us. I hope this information helps our listeners gain some clarity on the topic of intangible assets, uh, blockchain technology as well. So if, you know, you're someone maybe looking to learn more about these topics, where would you recommend that they start? Are there any like books, podcasts, other resources you can recommend
1: Absolutely. So, one book that I would like to highly recommend to all of my CPA peers to to maybe read it, or if it, if they don't have time, uh, they can they can probably like watch uh, the YouTube interview of the the author. Uh, is, is is a book called "The End of Accounting." It might be seemingly a bit like uh, gloomy, but it's not it's not like that. It really <laughs> talks about the the cracks that exist in the in the financial ecosystem and and then the, in the accounting world. Uh, that the book is written uh, by. Uh, uh, by a professor emeritus, uh, uh, Boris Leff, uh, out of NYSU. It's an amazing book. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, and it, it it goes into the in, into the belly of the beast, talking about how intangible assets are important, and talking about uh, the financial implications of of not getting them properly valued for us as as, as CPAs. And uh, in terms of the any uh, blockchain kind of podcast, I. Uh, the the podcast I usually listen, um, uh, which I I have learned a lot from it, is is a, is a podcast called The Scoop. Um, uh, Frank Shapiro from the Block is is producing it, and if uh, if you want to kind of get a bit of like daily updates of of what's what's happening in the blockchain world, uh, I highly recommend the the Bankless Nation.
0: Okay, those are all really great suggestions, and and thank you so much for sharing. Again, thank you so much for being here, My for pleasure. joining us, sharing your knowledge, telling us a little bit more about the path forward. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. This episode featured Mason Darby, CPA, co-founder and chief commercialization officer at OvenU. If you like what you're hearing, have ideas for future episodes, or have any feedback you'd like to share, Email us at knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca or leave us a comment on social media. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is produced by the CPA Education Foundation, the charitable arm of the CPA profession in Alberta. This podcast is made possible by Brian Heshi, FCPA, FCA. Thanks to Brian's generous donation, the Foundation created the Heshy CPA Knowledge Centre, a virtual hub of resources for all Albertans. Find out more about the Foundation and the Knowledge Centre at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation.